two weeks ago or three weeks ago I was here and we spoke on a, um, out of John, out of the Gospel of John about, you know, all this, it was called Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. I, I'd never, this is Open the Eyes of My Other Eye, Lord. So if that was Open the Eye of My Heart, Lord, this is Open the Eyes of My Heart, part two. That's how creative I can get today. And I read this scripture out and it says this, this is from last week. It says, um, the, Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If the eyes are healthy, your whole body will be filled with lights, or full of lights. And I love the way the message puts it. It says, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a musty cellar. But if you pull, up the, if you pull the blinds on your windows, if you pull down the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. And I just love just some of that imagery of, you know, open your eyes wide with wonder and belief. And when you do that, your body fills with light. It's like it's a choice not to pull down the blinds, but to let them up and say, God, flood, open my eyes, flood my body, flood my being with, with light so I can live to the fullness. I don't want to go around squinty eyes. I don't want to go around half seeing things, you know, seeing things through blurred vision. I want my eyes wide open. And, um, and that's what I believe the word the Lord gave me for that week was that Jesus is the one that opens the eyes of the blind and he wants to open our eyes. Um, ah, put the one back on, send one back on, sorry. So this is part two. Um, um, yeah, so that was the recap. <laughs> I have a recap here. That was the recap of, of um, and we prayed, and I prayed over us because I really believe God wants to open our eyes. He wants us to see. He has this, he has this continuous um, seeing for us that we don't just say, "I seen that, I seen the Lord, or the, I seen the Lord at work 20 years ago." He's a living God that wants to show Himself all the time to us. Because um, we'll see in a few minutes that that what we see. Is, is becomes a knowing in us that like it goes beyond just the natural lawyers it goes in now I know like Bernard's here to, today no one can no one can unconvince me that Bernard was here today why because I've seen you I don't, it doesn't matter if it's 30 years time no he was there I've seen him with my eyes and that becomes a knowing it becomes something deeper within that no no one can unconvince me of that because I've seen and I believe God wants to show himself to us. I believe God wants to turn up in our dreams and give us visions and, and meet us where we're at and bring us to where he wants to be. And I just want to take a few things from the life, life of Paul. And uh, in Acts chapter 9, you know, Paul at this stage is, is, is just, he's a terrorist to the church. He has set his life on bringing an end to this um, movement called the way and anybody and everybody that is involved in it he's going to take them he's going to put them in prison and most likely it was going to end up in death for each one of them Paul is probably the most unlikeliest person that we could have said is going to get saved is going to meet Jesus is going to you know be converted to, to Christianity he's like no anyone else but not that fella he's just he has his mind hell bent on causing destructions destruction and you know he even just before this it was Paul like um, that was there while you were stoning the first martyr Stephen he was holding the coats he was mourning the coats he was he was he was 
egging them on. He was like, there's another one gone. And then we read here in chapter 9, um, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the, syna- to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he travelled, he was near in Damascus. A light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard voices, a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? He said, oh, and he said, he said, the Lord said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. But get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but seeing no one. Then Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. And like, as we go through these scriptures, the thing I love about um, Paul, this is, this is Luke um, telling us what happened. And then a couple of uh, chapters later, Paul is, is, is saying what happened to him. And um, so, like, but what, what happens? He says here that like uh, he he seen a light from heaven suddenly flash around him. So it was it was like a flash of light, you know. It was it was good? It was it was it was great. But as you see when we move on, that Paul was understanding more what really happened, what was going on. It's like it's like you know when you're when you when you become a Christian and you 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 know whatever which way you came, but you have a realization your sins are forgiven. But as you as you get older. That like somehow you realise you start to realise the enormity of it's not just like forgive me of my sins, but the enormity of what it is to have your sins forgiven. Like it sort of grows like you share your testimony the first day, like, yeah, I went to the national stadium, I gave my life to Jesus. Next time you're sharing it, it's it's bigger and broader. It's not that you're exaggerating, it's not that it didn't happen, but you're starting to grasp. The bigness of actually what happened. You see, Paul, look at a light from heaven suddenly flashed around you. Like, that's enough in it. It's like, wow, that's a testimony and a half. And, um, and we'll see as we go on that uh, he, 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 starts, he, he starts to share it in a way that you go, wow, this is bigger than the last time. And the next time you share it, it's bigger than that time because he knows more. And, and just in this, uh, his, uh, though his eyes were open, he couldn't see. And um, that's what I believe God wants to do is like, though our eyes are open, he wants us to see more. Or people are going around with their eyes open, but they're not seeing what they need to see. And, and this was Paul. And then in, in Damascus, there was a, 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 a man named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, he opened his eyes in a vision. Ananias, here I am, Lord, he said. He says, get up, go to the street called Straight. The Lord said, the Lord said to him, Go to the house of Judas and ask for a man named from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision he has seen a man, you, named Ananias, coming in and placing his hands on him so he can regain his sight. Lord Ananias answered, Are you having a laugh? No. Lord, he answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority from he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, the kings and the Israelites. I would show him how much he must suffer for my name. 
So Ananias left and entered the house. Then he placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road when you were traveling has sent me so that you can regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at once something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and got baptized. Like what, uh, 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 like there's eyes being opened and visions being seen all over this. Paul is having visions of a man coming to him. The man that was coming to him had a vision. Like it's like God is showing us because this word of God is not just a, a history book. It's a running living commentary of not what God done in the past, but it's what he does because he's God. And if we read that like that he got visions and he had dreams, well then we can bet our bottom dollar, well that's what God wants for us because this is not a dusty old history book. And you can imagine, like I'm not going near that Saul fella. I don't know whether you've seen a, a, a thing called on the telly, you can find it on YouTube on Netflix called Kingdoms and Emperors, AD Kingdoms and Emperors, and it's, it's like the book of Acts. And Saul in it, Paul is played by a Dublin fella. And, uh, and every now and then, the Dublin is, you know, he just can't help himself, but, but it comes out in him. His name is something Scanlon is his name. And, um, but in this scene, when, when Paul gets converted, when his eyes are open, when he goes to straight street, when Ananias lays his hands on him, and then the word gets back to the, to the, to the disciples that this fella saw, and it gives you a picture of what Ananias would have thought like, because Peter was like, there's no way he has changed. There's no way that this Saul fellow who was murdering the church and bringing everyone to prison that was belonging to, there's no way that he has changed. And then in this, in this kingdoms and emperors, um, Barnabas brings him to meet Peter. And him and Peter are fighting. Like, you know, like not fighting physically, but like, no, you're, you're that Saul. You've done this, you've done that. And out of nowhere, Paul just says to him, did a master not talk about forgiving one another? Peter walks out of the room. <laughs> Can you, like the scene is like, I'm not believing this man has changed. Till he quotes something that he had learned from his eyes being open. He says, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument. God chooses who he uses. And God chooses you and me. That is Paul was a chosen instrument of God. He had a role to play. Or so have you and I. We have a role to play. And I pray that God opens our eyes to see that role. I pray, like it's like, Lord, if you just show us, I know we'll do it. We may struggle along the way. We may wrestle along the way. But I know if he shows us, we can't unsee it. We can't deny that it happened. We can't deny that we had that dream, that vision. Whatever it is he shows us, it becomes a knowing. It becomes like, I, you many people tell me, I don't know where I should serve. I don't know what I should be doing. Well, that's why we're asking the Lord to open our eyes. Amen. He says, to listen to what the Lord said. I will show him. He goes on to say how much he must suffer for me. But just that statement, I will show him. It's not up to me to try work out what God has for me. It's, it's the Lord's like, I will show you. I will lead you. I'm the shepherd that leads. I will lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. I will show you. So pressure off. Pressure off. That's why we ended the last time with Paul praying for the church that the Lord would open the eyes of our heart and our understanding so that we may know him better. That God chooses who he uses. And then he placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you when you were travelling has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Some of us need to probably regain sight. I forgot my glasses this morning. And yesterday. And I was trying to look at numbers and, and little pieces of paper. You know them little pieces of paper? I couldn't even see them. Every eight was a zero. Every nine was a three. And I loved when I forced you. I didn't, it took me ages to admit I needed glasses. Ages. Finally I went up to extra vision. I'm not extra vision. <laughs> I went to Specsavers. And have a guess who I bumped into that day? Everyone. Everyone. And I goes in, and like, now Sharon nearly had to drag me there, right? I goes in and, you know, book the test and whatever. And then I start trying on the glasses. And every time I put a pair on me, I looked like, um, like an, a newsreader from the 1940s in, on RTE. And I'm like, I'm not wearing them. They were like two televisions. And when I was looking in the mirror, I could just see two television sizes on, on my... Um. But I tell you, when I got them, I would look at something like without them. And then I put them on and go, wow, that's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's so big. It's a miracle, right? I take them off. Wow, it's running around the page again. I put them on. It's a miracle. Because the problem is, when you get all physically, that these start to sort of wear out. But the same can be spiritual. The same can be, we've been through so much, we've, we've, we've experienced disappointments in our lives, unanswered prayer, well, not answered yes, should I say. You know, we've experienced life, and, and all of a sudden we start to lose a bit of vision for, for what the Lord has for us, because we think, you know, we fail too much, or I'm too old, or whatever an excuse may be. And so I feel the Lord just wants to just put a new set of glasses on us, and we go, wow, all of that suffering, all of them disappointments, all of them failures, whatever word you want to put on it, He will use them. They're not wasted, they're never wasted. <laughs> they're never wasted he says that he's going to come so that you can regain your sights regain the vision that he gave you what you used to put your life into your time into your finances into those passions that you had that made you go and learn more or study more that, that he, he wants us to regain that he wants to give us back what has been robbed on us, what, what time and life has beaten out of us, or beaten into us, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at once, something like scales fr- fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. That's the Lord's intention. Something falls, something that we weren't seeing clearly, the scales fall and go, oh, there it is right there. And Saul goes on to share his testimony in chapter 22. And you learn different bits from when, he sh- when, it was, when we were told and then when he shares, you go, wow, this is, this is... He says, he was saying to one of the governors, as I was traveling near Damascus, about noon, about noon of the day, an intense light. There was a flash of light a minute ago, do you remember? But this was, I don't know what your translation says, but about noon, and, and a, an intense light from heaven suddenly flashed around me. Then I said, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus. 
And there you will be told about everything that is assigned for you to do. That God has an assignment for each one of our lives. When we were born, there was an assignment attached to our names. And I don't know what that is. I I wouldn't even say there's one assignment. I'd say the one assignment is that we're part of the big picture of God. And then within the big picture of God's assignment, there's, there's assignments that we fulfill personally. He says, go in, you will be told about everything that is assigned for you to do. Since I couldn't see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. Someone named, someone named Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good reputation with all the Jews residing there. Then he, then he said to me, the God of our fathers have a, has appointed you to know his will. Your eyes are open to know his will. And to see the righteous one. And to hear the sound of his voice. For you will be a witness for him to all people of what you have seen and heard. There's an assignment on our lives. And if God has to flash an intense heavenly light around us, may he do it. This coming weeks, this this coming into this year, that, that it opens up to us. That it's undeniable, it's unquestionable, it's undoubtable. That it's like, no, it happens. This is what God said to me. This is what God is, is, is doing in my life. And listen to what he says, that the God of your fathers has appointed you. That you have an assignment and you've been appointed to it. And you will know his will. Who wants to know his will? And you will see the righteous one. That our eyes will be open to see the magnificence of who we serve the brilliance the care of the shepherd the love of the father the power of the spirit the gentleness of God that we will see God we will see Jesus that Lord oh you know when you see Jesus in anything it's game over it's game over when we're praying for our families don't just pray Lord show them Jesus because once they get a glimpse of Jesus there's no way out of that. There's no, that's the, he's the intense flash of life that came from heaven. Once there's an experience with him, no one's the same. It doesn't matter if they run off. It doesn't matter if they fight against it. They're still not the same. It doesn't matter if they're appalled, breathing threats against you and murderous things against you. It doesn't matter. Once he gets a glimpse, I wonder that Paul have some inkling when Stephen is looking up and he sees into heaven. He sees into heaven as he's being stoned to death. He sees into heaven. I wonder that Paul, in that atmosphere and that surroundings, that something was now starting to kick off. How could this man start asking him, Father, forgive them? Hold nothing against him. He sees the glorious one. It doesn't matter. He wasn't feeling the stones at that point. That you will see the righteous one. I told you about a couple of weeks ago, you can listen to it, that like, when I got saved, it was like, everyone says to me, did you see the cross yet? Did you have a vision of the cross of Jesus yet? It was, like, it was like there was a conspiracy that everyone was saying the same thing, but I'd never got it. He said, what will I do? Ask. <laughs> oh. I've seen him on the cross. I've seen him saying it's finished. Never the same again. Every revelation of Jesus is never the same again. You will see the righteous one. 
you will hear the sound of his voice. Your story of God, your history with God will get bigger and broader because your eyes are open, your eyes are open to see him. And lastly, he shared his testimony again. He says, King Agrippa, while on the road at midday, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining on. Did you see how big it was getting? It was a flashing light. It was an intense light. Now this was brighter than any sun. Shining around me and those traveling with me, we all fell to the ground and I heard a voice speaking to me in the Hebrew language. Saul, Saul, why you persecute me? You know it's hard to kick against the gods. Then I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Jesus says, get up, stand on your feet. For I've appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and what I will reveal to you. It's all right to have a seeing, but there's more of a revealing that he wants to do. Whatever you've seen, and how glorious that may be, there's a revealing that he wants to do in our lives. I will rescue you from the people and from the Gentiles. I now send you to them to open their eyes, so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and that by faith in me they, receive, they may receive forgiveness of sins and share and a share among those who are being sanctified. What an incredible mission that he was given. For I love this in every one of them. Jesus said to him, Get up. Get up. I, I, I was, I was a, couple, a couple of, I don't know many years ago now, but it was one of them times when I was, I was felt beaten, beaten down, beaten up. <laughs> Whoever didn't want to beat me up, I beat myself up. And uh, I'm lying there. I don't know how long was going on. Months, I don't know, years. I, I can't remember now. But um, I know this. I know I was licking my wounds, feeling sorry for myself. Even though with people around me, I felt abandoned. I, I remember one morning lying in bed and I heard the voice of the Lord. And the Lord says to me, get up, man. And it was a, a strange one in some ways because the Lord always, the Lord speaks to me, he says, it would normally be, get up, son. But this was like, get up, man. Get up, you're a man. And I got up out of bed. And I got dressed. And when I got up, man, I, something happened, man. And this man has never been the same again. I just got up, I just done what he said. I got up and got dressed, went into the bathroom. Get up, man. Get up out of your slumber. Get up out of your sleep. Get up out of feeling sorry for yourself. Get up, man. And this man, Paul, was told to get up, man. Get up. There's a job for you to do. There's an appointment and an assignment for you. Get up, man. There's some things I want to reveal to you. Get up, man. There's some things that you have to do. You're going to open noise. You're going to take those from darkness into the light. You're going to take those that are being under the power of Satan to being under the power of God. Get up, man. And sometimes... You know, not sometimes, that's God's word to us. Get up. Get up, man. Get up, woman. Get up out of what's trying to hold you down. Get up. Just, I didn't do anything. I didn't have, um, uh, like, I didn't, I didn't have this big vision. I just got up, man. Like, that's all I did. It's not like you have to walk it all out. You just have to do the first thing. Get up, man. And I think what he was saying to me in, in it all, that, that he always calls me someone, he addressed me, but, like, but, but you're a man of God, so get up. There's an assignment on your life, an appointment on your life, get up, man. And when you get up, man, there was like, there was like a, um, there was like a, a, 
a momentum that came with it. And you can see it in this man's life, Paul. But I experienced it in my life. And God wants you to experience it in your life. Whatever he's saying, just get up. Let one step in front of the other. Let him open our eyes. And he'll show you the path. He'll show you the way. He'll bring the people in that we need. If you walk it out, he'll walk it out. Get up, man, and walk it out. And he's saying to someone else, get up, man, and help him walk that out. That's what he does. Because he's God. Paul didn't do this on his own. He needed Barnabas. He needed Ananias. He needed people to come in. You're not on your own, man. You're not on your own in this. You're going to see the living God. You're going to see the one who was crucified on a cross for us. I want to pray this morning that prayer of Paul again. That like that God would open our eyes. So that we may see. He's glorious. And whatever glorious aspect of God we've seen, there's more. He's more. And there's more. And may 24 be the year of more. May 24 be the year of galore. Not just, not just getting through, but may it be a, a galore of glory. A galore of love. Like the fullness of God showing us things that will absolutely revolutionize us, Lord. Lord, we want to say that we need our eyes open afresh. I need to get up, man, afresh. Speak to us, Lord. Show us, Lord, the things that you have for us and the things, Lord, that, you, that we've seen, Lord, and blessed them. But, Lord, would you open our eyes to see the things you want us to see? First of all, Lord, can we see the, the righteous one? Can we see you high and lifted up, Jesus? Can you open our eyes that we can see that you're far above all power, all rule, all dominions, all authority, all powers, all principalities, Open our eyes, Lord, to see this Jesus that we serve. This King of glory. The magnificent Son of God. Open our eyes, Lord. Lord, open our eyes, O God, and send us in the mission of opening other people's eyes. That those who are blinded by the God of this world, O God, that will be the Ananias that lay his hands on them and they receive their sight and are filled with the Spirit. Could we stand as we pray this prayer? Yeah, Lord, may 2024 be revelation galore. May 2024 be the year of the much more of God. How much more will the Father give you the Spirit who asks? Thank you, Lord. Where there's not, when no one's seen the way through, Lord, as you open our eyes to see the way through. And I pray this prayer, Lord. I pray, Lord, that as Paul prayed it, that wasn't just for a then, this is, it's for a now. And we receive, Lord God, all that is said in this prayer. We receive all that your Spirit has to give us. Lord, we ask, Lord, you said ask and it shall be given. So Lord, we ask for the eyes of our hearts to be open so we may know you better, Lord. Lord, not knowing in just an intellectual fashion, but knowing 
as the word means, to know experientially. That we would know you, experience you, experience your love, experience Jesus who opens eyes, Jesus the healer, Jesus the liberator, Jesus the saviour, Jesus the high and lifted one, Jesus the word. So here we are, Lord. Paul says, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know that the Father, through the Son, true knowledge of Him, for we know the Father, through the Son. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very centre and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which He has called you, that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. And so, that, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right, own right hand in heavenly places far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is, na- that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and the world, but also in the one to come. And he puts all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet, and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. Amen. Lord, we receive. We receive. Flood our eyes so that our body can be flooded with light and be healthy. Flood this body of believers. Flood the body of believers in this town, O God, so that the body of Christ in the town can be healthy. By faith, Lord, we just release every blind that's pulled down. And we say, let your glorious light come in. Lord, no squinty-eyed living, but our eyes open wide with awe and wonder of who you are, Lord. And all God's people says, Amen and Amen.